Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hit it! Evolutionary Underground, episode 16. Steve here and the Mobster joining me. What's up, buddy? How you doing? All good. All good in the hood. Ready to rock and roll. Let's hit it. So, Anamora and Winstroll. From Geneza Pharma. That's going to be what we're going to talk about. The 16th episode of Underground. And, you know, the first thing that comes up is Geneza Pharma. Why Geneza Pharma? Well, Geneza Pharma has been around a long time. They have a long track record of reviews. We know their orals are top notch. We know their injectables are top notch. So when it comes to using Anavar and Winstrol, which are two steroids that are faked a lot uh especially anavar and anavar is faked a lot because of its price it's very very expensive to source anavar so sources they'll they'll use fake anavar and they'll sell you something else so when you are shopping for steroids and you come across steroids that are too good to be true based on price you know sometimes yeah. there's a reason for that and it's a hell of a lot easier to sell someone D-Bowl, which is extremely cheap, than it is to sell them Anavar. So what they'll do is they'll put the D-Bowl as the Anavar and sell that to you instead or some other cheaper oral or just send, you know, sell you a sugar pill altogether. And uh, you wouldn't know the difference unless you use actual Anavar to know what actual Anavar is like. So this is why it's very important to use a very highly trusted, approved, vetted, and source and uh, and, and brand. And this is why Geneza Pharma is considered one of the top brands in the world. And that's because they have a long reputation for that purpose. So, you know, this is it's it's highly recommended that you don't just buy off some random guy who made his steroids in the bathtub. It's highly recommended you buy from an actual uh, brand that makes their products in an actual lab and has a track record. So that's why Geneza Pharma is a really good option for these two steroids. So really in this podcast, we're going to get into how to run Anavar and Winstrol. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about them. If you've run them before, it's a great episode to learn more about them and how to run them more effectively. If you've never run them before, this is going to be a great episode for you to learn about them. And really, you know, it might be a good stack for you to do, especially those of you out there who want to cut. So, Mobster, tell me a little bit about your thoughts. I agree 100%. Mate. I'm, when it comes to steroids, guys, and Steve is – Pretty much got it in a nutshell. Reputation is everything. Uh, we have been around the game long enough to see guys buying from the trunks of cars, in gym car parks, from uh, mailing lists, which crazily some people still do. Um, my preference and recommendation, pretty much if you check it out, is always going to be for a place with an actual website with people you can get hold of for information and so on and so forth. Now, that's very true of one of our suppliers of Genetza products being Napsgear as a good example, Steve. Uh, the, 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 I, I've never been a brand man per se, 
but I have yet to see a single negative piece of feedback for Genetsa products. Not one. Not not since I've been made familiar with them, I have seen nothing. It's the, the injectables, for example, people talk about being pain-free. The orals work. So, guys, this is what we're talking about. You, I mean, this is how it works as well, right? You want a source that you trust that delivers on time and does exactly what it says on the tin. And once you get a source like that, you stick with it. Why, why would you go anywhere else? It doesn't matter which company it is. If it does what it's supposed to do, you go to it, especially when it comes to uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And Genexa, for a, many, many, many people, is right up there with, we like what they do, we like how it feels, we know when we're on Genexa. And what the, the biggest example of that, Steve, is where you have someone that's run a different company's product, um, one of those rather sort of more obscure websites or the, the ones that don't have websites and all kind of crazy shit. Uh, they, they read it on Reddit or whatever else, and then they've got something from the cycle and then they've decided to try Genetza and they said it's like night and day from this poor performance, only one or two pounds gained. I wasn't even sure if I was on anything to this is the, this is the stuff, this is the real deal. And that's important. It's important. Way, way back in the day, you uh, how people were buying stuff that I got in, you know, even when I started, Steve, I made sure I knew who I was buying from. So, well, it, and, and the only, I can think of maybe once or twice in all this time where it's been a, a new company or something like that, and they've probably gone out of their way to prove themselves to me. But like you said, this is not a new company. This company's been around a long time. You can check out the pharmaceutical building. You can go online and look up Jeanette for themselves. And then you can go to a company like Napscape and buy their product and know exactly where you are. Back to you. So let's get into Anovar. Why Anovar? Why would anyone use Anovar? So Anovar is one of the most interesting steroids out there because structurally, it's got some benefits when it comes to fat loss, especially on the belly. So guys and gals will, will run it and they'll report that their belly fat goes down on it. So it has a lot to do with the way it changes metabolism, the way it changes your metabolic rate, the, the, the basically the way it's a structured as a DHT derivative where it doesn't aromatize an estrogen, doesn't give you the blow, doesn't give you the water retention. So really you can use Anovar to not only lose the weight, but you can also gain strength at the same time. And that's really scientifically almost impossible to do in most situations i'd say 99 percent of situations you're not going to lose weight and lose body fat off your frame and get stronger at the same time unless you know you kind of got yourself out of shape a lot of people after covid they stopped going to the gym they stopped lifting yeah. weights they started eating bad they started ordering in and all this stuff and what happened was they started to gain a lot of fat. They started losing a lot of strength. So then they went back to it, and it's like Mike magic. The fat came off, and the strength went back up. So in those situations, yes, it can be done. But let's say you are really at your, you know, at a plateau, close or close to your plateau, and you've been busting your ass. You can't quite break that plateau. You can actually run Anovar and lose body fat and gain lean muscle mass, not water, not fat, but lean muscle mass and gain strength at the same time. So this is why Anovar has been so popular over the years. And it got so popular in the late 80s that when yes. 
you know, the, the U.S. started cracking down on steroids and it stopped being manufactured and it disappeared off the market for several years. The price of it skyrocketed. So guys and gals were so desperate to get Anovar, even though they could access other steroids that were still being produced around the world, but they still wanted Anovar so bad that they jacked the price up three, four, five, ten times what they were paying before. And then once Anovar came back on the market and Underground Labs stepped in and started producing it again, they said, you know what? There's all this demand, just simple economics, all this demand and not much supply. So we're going to continue making it expensive. So it was extremely expensive to get Anovar during the 90s, 2000s, even 2010s. But now, you know, we're, we're into the 2020s and you know, labs like Geneza Pharma have, they're so big and they're so, they got so much of a client base that they're able to drive prices back down and still make money and still be able to provide other wonderful steroids to, to our community. So They've done a great job of making Anavar affordable. So that's the biggest drawback, Mobster, that we've seen with Anavar is affordability. It's freaking expensive. And number two, what we talked about at the beginning, it's faked a lot. Yeah. So if you can find real Anavar that's actually affordable, where you don't have to lose your entire mortgage payment on it, then <laughs> that's what you want to get. So I would highly recommend if you've never tried Anavar or even if you tried it before, get a hold of this Geneza Pharma Anavar and it will blow your mind at this type of things it can do for you. I was going to jump back in here, Steve, and, and this is just for the VAR, never mind the Winstrol, which we're going to just discuss shortly. Three things. One, I've talked about this previously. I love Anavar uh, as one of my regular orals. I'd probably put it up there with D-Bowl for me as an oral that I like to use. And um, so it's one of my preferences, specifically when I'm training for strength. Two, it is an incredibly popular drug. We've talked about in previous podcasts of a poll which basically listed the top 10, top 15, top 20 steroids. And Anavar, in terms of orals, I think was number two behind uh, Dianabol was number one. Uh, and, and the third thing I was thinking, Steve, is Skier regularly has sales based on the popularity of a product. In other words, guys, you get the votes. So CDs come up in a cell. So there's a there's a great way for you to save bucks, guys. So it is a popular product. It can be an expensive product, but I've just given you a tip on how to save some bucks right there. So yeah, and also, which we're going to discuss in a little while, Steve, as you know, um, it's one of the few performance enhancing drugs that we recommend for women. And again, that would be by changing the doses. And we'll get into that also. But again, it's one of those ones where it's at low doses, it's relatively safe for women. So that's for all our listeners today. That's just how popular it is. Now, when it's combined with Winstrol, that's when, as I think we've talked about previously, combinations of drugs, sometimes you have to say why these two drugs combined. Sometimes, guys, I see you talking about drugs combinations online, and it's literally what you've been able to get hold of rather than a specific planned cycle. Here, this cycle, this combination, is what I, I, I've described it as an effective one for getting ripped. Obviously, and I, I, Steve will talk about this briefly as well, it's one of those things where 
Steve talked about belly fat, getting lean. I've always talked about gaining a few pounds of lean muscle on my Anavar cycles when I've done them in the past, but you still need your diet to be on point. It is not an excuse to hit the donuts and the beer and then say that Steve's me and the rubs are a rum. No, 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 no. We'll talk about diet and nutrition in a while, but you will need to... Basic, Steve knows this. If you do every single aspect of a cycle on point, then you get the best results from a cycle. Does Anavar work? Yes, 100%. One of my favorite drugs for that particular reason. Back to you, Steve. So Anavar, you know, look, at the end of the day, and we'll get into how to dose it and stacking it in a minute, but you can, you know, NMR is very versatile. Um, I think a lot of people, like Mobster said, the second most popular oral Oral. steroid right now, the second most popular uh, based on a poll, a a really good poll that was done. So a lot of people like to use it. Now you can use it in any steroid cycle and you can use it by itself and you can stack it. So in this podcast, we're going to talk about how to stack it with another Really, really good steroid, and that is Winstrol. Now, a lot of people know about Winstrol. It's supposedly what Ben Johnson got busted for back in the mm-hmm. Olympics when he was sprinting, and it, be- it became a big story. And whenever someone, an athlete, is busted for something, okay, it doesn't matter if it's a supplement, it could be a steroid, it can be anything, right? It can be some random product okay you know who who the hell knows but when they're busted for taking something and they're a successful athlete as ben johnson was then everybody wants to get their hands on it but you know here's the thing though about winstrol is did he use winstrol probably um but i've also read things that he never used winstrol and that was just that was not true that he used other steroids but whether he used winstrol or didn't use winstrol we know that he was using a lot of different anabolic steroids so Winstrol, you know, got their reputation for being this great steroid for sprinters. And in reality, it's really not. Uh, if you actually used it before and you, you understand the way it's structured, the way it's structured, it's a DHT derivative. It's a very strong DHT derivative. And the way it's structured, it has a lot more side effects than people are led to believe. Unlike Anovar, which has very minimal to no side effects, the only side effect with Anovar is that it's liver toxic. But with Winstrol, it is also liver toxic at 17 alpha alkylated, but it's also extremely harsh in terms of androgenic side effects. So it's going to be more androgenic than Anovar. And by androgenic, I mean it's going to give you more aggression. It's going to strain your organs more. It's going to strain things like your prostate, even though being a DHT derivative, Obviously, that is going to be already a threat, but it does do it more than Anavar does, even though they're both DHT derivatives. So um, it's in it, the last thing that it really does that you'll notice is it dries your joints out a lot. And that's why a lot of guys like to use it, especially ahead of a competition or ahead of photos. So, Mobster, tell us your thoughts on Winstrol. I know you're a big fan of it. I've got a thing in Steve about the sprinting analogy. And, and here's what happens, guys. Is if and Steve's kind of covered it a little bit. If you saw the debacle and the news and everything and the coverage that the whole drug testing and failure of the drug test, etc., that happened at that time, then by you assume that that's what made him fast. But that's not what we're looking at here. Have you ever seen an out-of-weight sprinter, Steve? That's not you don't. You don't see an out-of-weight sprinter. What you see is a lean muscular athlete. So that's what the Winstrol is used for. What else would it be used for? You just said 
with, especially in combination with Enobar, there's a degree of power and explosiveness. It's again specific to Windstroll, I think you mentioned. So that's what you want. You want to explode out of the blocks. Does Windstroll on its own make you a faster runner? No. And what I, I, I see guys talking about this, reps talking about it, and they've made the same association. And they've kind of got like almost like uh, like logic fouls, Steve, in terms of thinking that Windstroll made Ben faster. No. The combination of genetics, the combination of training, and the combination of multiple drugs is what made him fast, is what made him crazy fast. Obviously, we saw that there was a difference in the speeds after he got caught when he was being tested more. And, of course, the other thing in regards to this, guys, if you are an athlete, if you want to run and you want to run fast, the reality of the situation is that if it was easy to catch him, then it's way easier to catch it, get caught now with the drug testing. Big time. I mean, they were talking about masking agents. And again, like I said, combinations of drugs. There wasn't, he didn't just take Winstrol and run sub 10 seconds. That's not what he was doing. So it, I can I can understand why people think that way, but it's an, it's, it's, it's beyond an oversimplification to think that Winstrol made him run quickly. Uh, as I said, Steve, it's not, in, a, in and of itself, if you and I went out tomorrow, and just did a windstroll cycle, regardless of where we got the product from, we wouldn't start suddenly running quicker because we took windstroll. It doesn't work like that. Uh, and it didn't work like that for Ben Johnson. It's just that the media tends to pick on one or two things, and that becomes the focus of a headline. And then people by association on this topic very, very quickly, Steve, as just just as uh, this week, reading the latest copy of one of the uh, still-in-print bodybuilding magazines, and it was talking about drug use by teenagers. And in fact, it's gone down during COVID. And they also talked about the impact of the deaths in bodybuilding also impacting uh, the, the younger user, so to speak, specifically school kids, which is absolutely crazy, as we both both would agree. But it's, a, it's fantastic how much the media and things out on the news have an impact. And then as you say here, uh, an awful lot of athletes decided to go out and buy a great much, great deal of Winstrol, thinking it was going to make them faster. And it's really not. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a sprinter with dry joints, I, and I wouldn't want to be just using one drug, and I wouldn't own to overly rely on a drug specifically to enhance my performance. So you have to still put in the work. You still have to have the genetics to run that fast. And like I said, you don't see out-of-weight sprinters. They tend, to, especially in the modern age, to be... Uh, medium to, to, to tall and lean, and if the power-to-weight ratio is amazing. You don't want them too heavy. No one wants to be running 10 seconds, 250 pounds. So, guys, think think about all those particular aspects as a drug to get in shape using Genetra products, 1,001%. As a drug, drug specifically to make you faster as a sprinter, no. And those of you that still think that way need to get that out of your head. Uh, I, I understand I'm still seeing recommendations for it as a means of improving athletic performance. It didn't do that for Ben. There was other things going on, other drugs used. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's a really good point because just because he supposedly got busted for one steroid doesn't mean that's the steroid. That he could have been ignorant himself and been using yeah. something he shouldn't have ran that didn't help him. But he just happened to get busted for certain things. Just because you get busted, like if a, if someone gets pulled over and, you know, they, they, they find something in their car, you know, some type of recreational drug in their car. Does that mean, yeah, they're just taking that recreational drug? No, they're probably taking a bunch of other drugs, too. 
Yeah. And if you look at their medical history, they're probably on like 10 different prescription drugs. They're taking like five different recreational drugs. So just because you get caught for one thing doesn't mean that that's the causation of the situation. So when it comes to Winstrol, really, there really isn't a you know better steroid if you want to compete. You know, going into a competition, if you want to look yes. good for the beach, if you want to look good for your vacation, if you want to look good for a wedding, if you want to look good for photos, whatever, if you're a model and you want to look good for your modeling shoot, this is the one to use ahead of that because it's very fast acting in the system. It's it's an oral, so it's going to be in and out of your system quick. So it's not like injecting Masteron, which is very similar to Winstrol, but Masteron being an injectable, even the Masteron propanate would take a week and a half, two weeks to really start hardening you up and really several weeks to really start hardening you up. But with Winstrol, you should start hardening up within a week, week and a half. And within two weeks on Winstrol, you'll start noticing when you're lifting, wow, you know, my joints really, really feel, I can really feel on my joints, the pumps on Winstrol. When you're three, four weeks into Winstrol, the pumps really get ridiculous and the winds, they're called Winnie pumps, and they're legendary. Um, even the old school bodybuilders back in the day, they would write about Winnie pumps and how incredible it made them feel. And when you see like old bodybuilding videos of guys, you know, working out their arms, you can see their arms popping out. Well, that's Winstrol. That's that's probably some Debo as well. But it's it's yeah. also Winstrol, and that's that Winstrol really giving you that vascularity where the veins are popping out of your of your muscles. So, I, it's a fantastic steroid for that purpose. Um, now, you know, with Winstrol, here's you know here's the Debbie Downer though. If you're too high body fat, it's really not going to do you much good. But you can still run them, you know, the Anavar and Winstrol together if you'd like. But it's much better to be a lower body fat. This way we can kind of see those cuts in the muscles, the vascularity, and that dryness. And that's what you can see. Uh, this is why so many guys like going online and just looking at pictures of physique competitors and seeing those muscle cuts. And it's like, wow, man, these guys are these guys are sick. Well, Winstrol is a big part, and so is Anavar of why these guys look like that and how they're able to look like sculptures. And that's why, and when you run a cycle like this, where you're running the Winstrol, it gives you the flexibility to start and stop the cycle. So it's going to be in your system much quicker. It's also going to be out of your system much quicker rather than using injectables, which you lose flexibility on, especially on longest or injectables. So that's a huge advantage with Winstrol if you really want to achieve a look in a very short amount of time and really start getting the effects of the benefits of Winstrol within, within one or two weeks. So mobster, anything you want to add yeah, before just, we start talking about I'm how to just going to say, Steve, it's one of those few orals that you might see in a competition cycle for professional bodybuilders, for the very reasons that Steve just stated. Um, for the most part, you want shorter acting, products, whether that's injectables or orals, for the reasons we've just discussed previous podcasts, and simply thus, is that it's more controllable. Quicker in the system, quicker out the system. If there are issues with the products being used, which we find, as I said earlier on, almost never on Genetza, uh, you you can manipulate a, a, a person's performance and health and drug cycle, and what he's using as he, he or she is using as they get up close to a competition. You want that ability 
because you want to know exactly where you are. You want to know exactly how they're responding. Uh, what if they get, you know, a stomach upset? Well, if this happens, what if that happens? What if they get some water retention on the plane going to the to the competition? All these kind of things. So you want to be able to manipulate that stuff, and you don't want to do it with super crazy drugs. You don't. You want to minimize use of diuretics. You want to minimize the use of fucking other crazy drugs that we know some sort of professional bodybuilders use. So again. I, for me, again, and I've talked about this before, I would want to know ahead of time how a person responds. But again, this is one of the few that I can see being used close to a competition for the reason Steve said. I think the one thing, especially when you're in shape, and of course you have to diet, have to train, your nutrition does need to be important, like I already said. This is the one that's going to make those veins pop, I think, Steve. This is the one that gives you that little, if you have it, and for some guys, and we can think of a couple of individuals we know that are exactly like this right now, you can see the veins from a mile away. This is the one where, and the vascularity is genetic, as you know. If you get up close, you'll see that light veins just beneath the surface of the skin. And when they're on stage, they do a little couple of little tricks to make that stuff pop, just bring it up that little bit closer. And if you're in the first few rows, you will see just how hard and in condition an athlete is. And so this is one of those ones where that can happen and for that particular reason. Now, the rest of you guys who perhaps lack that kind of genetics, you're still going to see the ones that you've already got popping. I've, I've, I think I've still got some veins in my biceps, Steve, that flush beneath the skin when I'm training. And I'm a much heavier athlete that trains for strength. I occasionally know when I'm in shape, you start to see veins coming up on my shins, which is kind of freaky. So again, I think a windstroll, they would be popping, man. And and especially with a solid brand like Genetza's windstroll, bringing it up. The combination of the two things together, strength, and condition for me, it'd be perfect, guys. As always, make sure your diet is on point. You got to because that will enhance the reaction. That will enhance the results. Let's talk about stacking, Steve. The numbers uh, and uh, what, what would you suggest? Bearing in mind, Genetso does both ten and fifties in both products, ten and fifty milligrams, guys, of each product. So let's talk about uh, stacking. So both of these are interesting steroids because you can stack them together. You can stack really anything, but these two together are obviously going to be great for recomping, cutting, getting ripped, physique competition, stuff like that. It's not going to be a cycle that you get on where you want to blow up 15, 20 pounds. So let's get that off, uh, off our chest right away. So Geneza Pharma has a couple of different options and Mobster and I were kind of talking about this on the pre-show. They have both. In 10 milligram and 50 milligram tablets. So really at the end of the day, you, you really have two options. You can always cut the tablets, first of all. You can always get a pill cutter and just cut the tablets right in half or just bite them in half. I mean, it's really not that big a deal. So if you wanted to go with the 50 milligram, you get the 50 milligram and kind of cut them in half. Now, dosing them, a lot of people ask a really good question, Mops, and they're like, how often do I need to dose at these? So I always tell them with these two, you can dose them once or twice a day. It's just a matter yeah. of what fits your schedule best. But some people, they have a really hard time remembering to dose them twice a day. So they just want to get it done once a day. Maybe they might just take it before their workout just so they don't forget to take it. You know, it just, it just depends on whatever your schedule is. So let's say you wanted to take it once a day and you wanted to do 25 milligrams of each. And then you just cut the 50 milligram pill in half. And you use 25 milligram, or you could get the 10 milligrams and do 20 milligrams of each or 30 milligrams of each and make it simple. You know, this way you don't have to cut any, any of the uh, tablets. 
and go that way. So the maximum dosage of, you know, the, the average maximum dosage, let me put it that way, of each is about 50 milligrams of Winstrol, 50 milligrams of Anavar. In my experience, 50 milligrams of Winstrol is a lot. Um, I started experiencing hair, hair loss on that dosage. I, I started experiencing really, really dry joints. I started experiencing some androgenic side effects that I didn't like. So for me, I always did well in a stack using Winstrol 25 milligrams. Full disclosure, I've never used Winstrol by itself. If I used it by itself, I would imagine that I could basically just do 50 milligrams. So, so at the end of the day, it just depends, you know, whatever works for you. You can always adjust those. This is the beauty part of using oral steroids. A lot of people don't understand this. And they always say, you know, injectables are so much better. Well, in this situation, injectables aren't so much better because if you're using long ester injectable steroids, you don't have the flexibility to adjust your doses as you go on as much as you yeah. do with orals because injectable steroids build up in your system and they take longer to get to come out of your system. So let's say you want to drop your dosage in half. Well, even if you did that with injectables, you dose your drop your dosage in half, it's still going to take a few weeks for what you've already injected to kind of trickle out of your body because of these esters that are attached to them. With orals, they have very, very short half-lives. So with orals, really, if you just cut the dosage in half, within a few days, you'll start feeling the difference in the dosages. So you want to get really aggressive with this stack mobster? Hey, 50 milligrams of each. If you want to do it at a moderate dose, 25 milligrams of each or 30 milligrams of each, completely fine. You'll have fantastic results. I, I mean, the pumps that you would get on the cycle and just being able to go to the gym, we'll talk about training at, at the end of this podcast, but I would imagine that you would be, if you're into doing a lot of, a lot of uh, form work when it comes to weight training and a lot of resistance training, you really, really will love this stack together. So Mobster, give us your thoughts on how to stack them. And, and also in terms of dosing, in terms of length of the, of the cycle, because they're yeah. liver toxic, because they're liver toxic, I would not go more than eight weeks because of their, of the liver toxicity. So that's two months. I mean, if you can't get gains in two months, then there's something wrong. If you can't get gains on this stack in two months, there's something wrong with your diet and training because you should get really good results, even in four or five weeks on this. Yeah, so I, I personal preference, and I mean, again, I've I've run fifty milligrams of Anavar, so I know exactly how I feel on that, and you're quite correct. So here's what I'm thinking, guys, because I know that fifty milligrams of Anavar works for me in terms of a strength sack, and I know that I'm going to gain those five pounds that I mentioned earlier on. But I was looking to get into shape. Here's what I would do: I would run sixteen weeks training program, twelve weeks would probably be the, with the diet. As I'd start from the sixteen down to twelve weeks, tightening up on the diet. And around the 12, maybe even as close as 10 weeks, my diet would get super tight. And then at the eight-week point, as Steve said, you could run it a little bit less, but only if I thought that the diet had been doing a lot of the work already. Bring in the PEDs, bring in the Anavar, bring in the Winstrow, and at the eight-week point. Now, here's what I'd probably do, Steve. I would probably run straightforward, single pill, 50 milligrams Anavar. No mucking around on that particular one. But what I would probably do is I would buy the tens of the Winstrol and split that up through the day. And here's my thinking. 
Right? And, and again, guys, these are not fast-acting drugs per se, but they are a lot quicker, as Steve said, than a medium or long-acting ester of an injectable. So you're looking at a half-life, I think, off the top of my head, Steve, it's going to be no more than 16 hours for either drug. But And then maybe there's a psychological aspect to it. I, I'm quite also, something else is a very quick tip, guys. I, you can buy yourself one of those pill sorters. I have my tablets in a little plastic tray on my desk, so I don't have to think about drugs, what I'm taking, what supplements I'm using. It's there every day. It's in front of me. It's, as soon as I empty it, I refill it. So there's no, I don't make mistakes. I don't forget to take a medication or whatever else. If, so for me, that that's getting organized is a way that you shouldn't make any mistakes, whether you pop them in your pocket and taking them with you for the day, or as I do, have them in the morning. So here's, again, my thinking would be with regards to Yanivar. I know that it enhances my power. I know, as Steve said already, that the pumps on both of these, but especially for me on Yanivar is going to be kind of crazy. And if that training for me was about getting into shape, doing the contractile work in the gym, I'm going to be ready for it. So I'm going to want it. And if I'm a typicalist, I'm definitely going to want it. So I'm going to make sure that my Yanivar is in my system in the morning. Hopefully a big enough gap between me taking the tablets and hitting the gym. Winstrol, I think of it as enhances some part of the thing in the gym. But again, as you're getting leaner and you're having that veins popping, you younger guys especially love the idea of having that vascularity all day. Now, we've seen this sometimes come up, Steve, where the guys are saying, what can I do? What can I take to have a pump all day? In reality, there is nothing. You can't take something that's going to last 8, 10, 12 hours. It doesn't work like that. What you can, of course, be is in condition, which is the purpose of this cycle. So the far for me would be the gym enhancer and the Winstrol is the vascularity enhancer. And the two things together is what's going to get me strong and in shape. So I would do the VAR pre-gym. And I'm talking about a few hours ahead of time, guys. It's not a pre-workout, but it's just that psychological benefit in my mind of thinking this is going to enhance the pubs. And also whatever's still in my system from the day before being topped up by the next pill. And the Winstrol too, as I get into shape, keep me there and have those veins popping. And who doesn't want to look hard and pumped and vascular down the gym? I mean, that's, that's the way that I would run it. So I would probably, I would probably uh, do it that way, Steve. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the things to watch out for when you're running these. So let's say you start, you're stacking them together. And you're a couple weeks in, you start getting really bad joint issues and your joints are starting to crack a little bit when you're working out and you're like, whoa, you know, this is becoming counterproductive. I, I like to go to the gym and I like to do squats, but when I'm doing squats, my knees are feeling a little funny. I like to do some arm work and my elbows are feeling kind of funny. My shoulders are kind of funny on a bench press, et cetera, et cetera. So we get a lot of complaints about that from people. So one of the things you should be doing is using joint support supplements when you're on this and make sure you check the ingredients of what you're taking. It needs to be a good quality brand. It needs to have a lot of the top uh, joint support ingredients, you know, the MSM, the glucosamines, you know, all that, all that good stuff that's in these joint support formulas. The other thing you need is liver support and liver support is very important because as we said, both of these are liver toxic. So you want to make sure that you're using Tutka, Milk Thistle. These are the, the, the top liver support products out there. And you want to make sure you get a good 
joint support formula. So again, you come on our forums, we can kind of point you in the right direction when it comes to how to get those. But you don't want to take your liver support supplements with these orals. You want to take them kind of separate. So that's a mistake people make. Some of the other side effects, hair loss can be a big problem. Now, I want to I want to address this because it's very important, Mobster, when it comes to hair loss. And a lot of people give really bad information about hair loss, which can and will have really severe consequences if you follow their advice. And that is people will tell you, run finasteride, run butasteride on these. Here's the problem with those drugs, okay? Those drugs are DHT blocking drugs. So what they're going to do is they're going to block DHT from you know converting in the body. They're not going to do a thing in this situation because both of these steroids are themselves DHT derivatives. So if you're running, say, like tons of testosterone, testosterone converts to DHT, you run the finasteride, it's going to block that conversion. So yeah, it'll help in that situation. It'll help your head hair because there's a conversion happening, right? But in this situation, blocking your DHT is not going to do a thing. You're still going to lose your hair and you're going to run into potentially some severe side effects from taking those DHT blocking drugs. So I personally don't recommend anyone messes around with DHT drugs. The key with hair loss is abuse. If you abuse steroids for years, you start at a young age, you, you run really long cycles, you run really high dosages, that's where your hair is going to start getting abused. That's why you see guys who are in their 30s on social media talking about in, in the fitness industry who are bald already. Well, it's because they mm -hmm. abuse the crap out of steroids in their teens and 20s, so now they're bald. That's why. Yeah. So it's not because... You know, as they claim, oh, it was their supplement program or your workout program that they want to charge you for that got them looking the way they do. It was steroids, but they don't want to admit that because they want to try to sell you something, right? So in that case, you know, the more you get that DHT effect in the body, the more that DHT is going to fry your head and hair follicles. So that's the best way to do it, guys. There's some shampoos out there you guys can look into that help also protect your hair. But all in all, if are you genetically prone to hair loss, number one? And number two, how much are you abusing these, these steroids? And let me tell you something. I'm in my 40s. I still have a head at my head of hair. When I ran Winstrol, I would take a shower. I'd shampoo my hair. I'd look down at my hands, and I'd see hair. So that tells me that, you know what? I probably should not run this very much longer because if I continue running it, then – I'm going to eventually lose all my hair. So that's what you got to do, guys. You have to kind of play this by ear. If you're losing too much hair, you may want to drop the doses back down. And that's going to help. But really, you know, taking a drug to offset a drug, to offset a drug, to offset a drug, that's not the way I teach it. So I would rather you just reduce the dosage and do what you can to protect your hair, treat your hair well, um, and, and that can kind of be a better solution, but that's the number one complaint we get mobster about Winstrol and, yeah. and even Anavar sometimes, but mostly with, with Winstrol is head hair loss and people freak out about head hair loss. So be aware of that it can and will happen. Even for someone like me who may not be prone to head hair loss, Winstrol still shed my hair. So full disclosure, expect it, 
know what's coming and be prepared to make some changes if it does and, and you really care about your hair. So I'll also talk a little bit more about that and then we'll kind of talk about some female dosing. Yeah, I'm nodding my head here, Steve, as you know. Um, guys, it's 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 simple. We're talking about these particular two drugs and we're warning you what the side effects are. If you then have hair issues and decide to use Winstrol, the obvious is, as my mum might say, I'm paraphrasing here, she wouldn't say this specifically, don't come bitching to us. It's simple. It really is. If you look at the family history, both sides, mum and dad, uncles and aunties, grand and granddad, and there's a lot of baldness. Male pattern baldness is really not specific just to men. It just isn't. There's plenty of women out there with uh, very nicely structured hair hiding uh, patches which are a little bit light and lots and lots of wigs and stuff like that. So typically it's both sides and both sexes and you're looking at that kind of stuff. Now, what's kind of perverse, Steve, and I kind of, it's, it's, I say perverse is because I get the vanity of training. I get the vanity in my case of lifting heavy weights, but I've never really understood the vanity of hair. But of course, if you think about it, all these things are true, whether it's having great skin, great hair, and fantastic looking muscles and looking amazing on the beach. It's also worth mentioning because of probably the sheer volume of uh, drugs that top professionals take is very rarely short, simple cycles. And especially in the modern era, how many top bodybuilders, and I'm thinking 90s and 2000s, especially if you probably right up into the 2010s, shaved that bitch, shaved it off. And one other thing, that the drugs that Steve's mentioned, which are meant to help you, they they have sometimes worse side effects than the drugs that you were taking for your muscularity, for your strength, for being lean. So to me, it was kind of like one of those, uh, you're taking a drug on top of a drug on top of a drug, and you're actually giving yourself worse side effects, just trying to stop your hair falling out because of the side effects that comes with those drugs, regardless of the effects on your hair than having your hair fall out. Something else as well, guys, and I think it's it's just a small thing, and it's but one of those little things that you sometimes have when you're on cycle. You might become, because you've heard about hair loss on Winstrol, more tuned in to any hair loss that you might have. So here's the thing. If you have a, let's say that you're a brunette, brown, head like, brown hair like I've got, we tend to have the highest density of hair, say compared to redheads and blondes, uh, and I mean natural blondes, obviously, and natural redheads, they have less hair per square inch. But for the average person, loses about 100 hairs a day. You've got, obviously, tens of thousands on your head. Now, if that starts to become noticeable, noticeable and obvious, then you've got an issue. But for those of you that perhaps it's not, but you've just become more aware, you might see the normal amount of hair loss, those 100 hairs per day, and so they've got to start freaking out when that's actually what you've had all the time. You've always had hairs on the plug, or you've always had a few hairs on the comb. You've always found the odd hair on your pillow. It's normal to lose around, I think I think it's between 100 and 250, but let's say 100. Uh, but once it starts to be blatantly obvious, then you might think there's a problem here. And again, like Steve said, I would say dose-dependent as well. If you choose to use higher than the recommended amounts, and nine times out of ten, what we're talking about on these cycles is optimal, optimal amounts to get the best results from a cycle, 
don't have to double and triple and quadruple. You don't have to do that. And if you do do that, and Winstrow has a reputation for hair loss, then expect worse symptoms if you struggle with that. And again, it's a sense one of those vanity things sometimes, Steve. For example, some people have hair loss on cycle and the hair comes back off cycle. And that will completely depend on the drug that's being used in that situation and the hair loss that they had on cycle and it returning to normal, whether you do proper PCTs, whether you know how to look after yourself, whether, as Steve said, you're using hair, hair, hair support and shampoos, moisturising and so on and so forth. You know, uh, Some drugs, for example, dry out your skin. That's great for your physique, but it's not so good for your scalp and so on and so forth. So it's all those kind of things and all those kind of combinations you need to be aware of. Learn how to mitigate, learn how to manage. And at the end of it, I mean, I've said this a million times on the forum, just shave it off. My hair's kept real, real fucking short. I ought to be the baldest man known to mankind based on my genetic uh, predisposition with regards to family history. On my mum's side, the guys all had a massive uh, crown. There's this, this, the, the, the hair was at the back of the head. And um. Sorry, but that was on my dad's side. And on my mum's side, they all had uh, hair going round the scalp like a monk with the patch in the middle. So I ought to have next, I ought to have like a, a clump of hair on the back of my head, Steve. That should, that should all be out. The fact that I've got anything is a miracle. Obviously, it's certainly getting further and further back every year. But I've never had hair issues on cycle. But then I've never run crazy cycles and I've never run wind stroll because as I said, most of my cycles in the last 10 years have been specifically for strength. And it's not a great enhancement of strength per se. So, yeah, let's talk about females and female doses, Steve, for either of these two particular drugs. And, again, obviously, girls, if you're listening, as I just said, when it comes to hair, it applies to you too. So keep that in mind. Back to you, Steve. So, you know, female dosing, Winstrol really is a really potent anabolic steroid compared to Anabar. So you really want to be careful with Winstrol. This is the way I would dose them. I would dose the Anabar for a female 5 to 10 milligrams a day. And I would dose the Winstrol for a female just two and a half to five milligrams a day. So yes. half as much as you do the Anavar. And it's better to do it that way. You can get really good results on the stack. You don't need to run it much more than that. Um, I haven't seen a situation where a woman has run legitimate steroids at these dosages and not had amazing results. And you're going to expect the same results as a guy would get. You're going to get cut. You're going to get dry. You're going to get vascular. Yep. You're going yep. to really really get that physique really really tight on the stack and again just like with men if your body fat is too high don't run the stack okay um don't think if you're a female and you're overweight you're struggling to lose weight just hopping on a stack like this is going is going to help you it's not it's going to end up hurting you so anytime females run anabolic steroids those of you who listen to the show you're obviously hardcore the ones of you you know those of you that watch this as females right you're hardcore guys and gals so we know that you're ready. You're not listening to this if you aren't ready. So that's the dosages I'd recommend on this. And with females, same thing. You've got a liver. You've got, like Mobster said, you've got effects that the DHT could have on your body as well. So you want to make sure if side effects get out of control, you lower the dosage further. So definitely go with the 10 milligram Geneza tablets. Those are the those are the ones you want to use in this situation. Obviously, don't even waste your time and get the fifty milligrams as a guy would. So, any thoughts on that, mobster? And then we'll get into diet and training. I agree a thousand percent again, here, Stephen. Something that's interesting for me is I've been around the game long enough to 
deal with and speak to and read up on the information that's come out from com competitive female athletes. And I think specifically of competitive female powerlifters, uh, phys female physique, uh, and, and similar and wanting to get into shape etc etc and something we also get to see and sometimes you get feedback on is where a uh, woman will talk about what her boyfriend's recommending or sometimes which I think is it's hard to say describe which is worse uh, the PT that they're working with down the gym and recommending that I take this or recommending I take that the, the boyfriend thing bothers me only because I think the woman and again if you're listening to this podcast ladies you're doing your own research i don't like the idea of a uh, boyfriend coming on the forum and asking about the drugs that his girlfriend will take i always want the person who's going to take the drugs themselves to come on the forum so that works for me so you should be listening the boyfriend can direct you to the forum the boyfriend should have you listen to this podcast so you're not just taking it as written what he does is what you should do it's got to be what you do and how well informed you are the same thing would apply to working with a PT or a coach talking about getting you in shape. It's okay to trust them, but I would always double-check the information so that I can say, you know what, I've listened to this, this is a question, and so on and so forth. So when it comes to dosages, that is especially true, Steve. Uh, and again, like Steve said, it's one of those situations, and women are no more or less guilty in this particular regard. If X works, then two times X works better. No. Because let's say, for example, that you're a little bit out of shape and you follow our recommendations of taking 10 milligrams of Anavar from Genetza uh, and you decide that the results are so fantastic, what happens if I double up? Well, then the potential for side effect doubles up. And it's especially true of women. If it's not true of, of, of men in terms of getting harder, getting leaner, getting more muscular, in other words, enhancing their masculinity, then you have the potential for enhancing the masculinity in a female athlete, especially as she gets into shape, which shouldn't necessarily be something that you're looking for. I mean, again, competitive female bodybuilders will think differently, but how many of our listeners are competitive, Steve? Stage athletes, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I would, I, I, one of the questions of what we often get here, and it doesn't matter what the drug cycle is, and it doesn't matter who the supplier or the brand is in this particular regard, how we think at certain periods of life versus how we think later on. So, for example, ladies, I wouldn't want you to be balls in, so to speak, with the idea of taking loads of drugs, getting into condition, being amazing on shape, and then finding that you are stuck with certain side effects for the rest of your life when you no longer compete. So, again, being informed is the most important thing. And that's, that tip of Steve's of just buying the tents 100%, definitely, Steve, as you said, a, bill, a pill cutter. I mean, I, I've been real lazy. I've done, when I've needed to take half a pill, I just bite that beast in, bitch in half. And you know, it's only going to be a milligram here, here or there. With the ladies, I think, again, I would definitely get a pill cutter so that I could cut a pill into quarters and take a 10 and cut it into quarters would be the perfect way, for example, as you said, with a windstroke to keep those dosages right down. And again, also probably splitting through the day for the ladies again just specifically for the reasons that we've already said, to get the full benefits from it. Um, and it, as another thing, girls, you can probably do as well. And when we talk about 5 to 10 or 2.5 to 5, there's nothing to stop you adjusting on the go. So, for example, Steve, especially for a first-time female user, starting at 5 on the beginning of a cycle with regards to the Genex or whatever, and starting at 2.5, 
with the wind stroll from Ginitza at the beginning of the cycle and then only then adjusting up. It, to, to coin a phrase that I've heard a guru talk about before when it comes to drugs, once it's in, it's in. It's hard to take it back out again. So in this particular example, relatively short, uh, short, short, a half-life, uh, easier to manipulate. And again, give the drugs chance to work to see the effects. The other thing, Steve, when you mentioned uh, earlier on, the same thing applies in terms of being in condition, diet and so on and so forth. Statistically speaking, women have a slightly higher percentage of body fat. That's just for basic biology when it comes to having babies and so on and so forth. Uh, but obviously, in this day and age, the issue is with regards with men or women that uh, we're typically talking about people being a lot more out of shape than the statistic norm. So, for example, I think <clears throat> men, we like to have them around 15% or less, ideally is down as low as 12% when they're on cycle, but the average is probably closer to 20%. And women, we like to have their around 18 down to about 15, maybe 14% uh, running a cycle, but the statistical average is 23, 24, 25%. So again, if you're interested in training, if you're interested in nutrition, if you're following this podcast, you should already have some degree of shape. You should already be a, a, a closer to the, the statistical normal and then a little bit leaner than that when you're talking about running a cycle. And that gives you the best results that you're going to get, whether it's a Anavar and Winstrol or whether it's some other combination that we might talk about from Ginetza for getting into shape. So, yeah, same as men, train right, eat right. If you can be lean at the beginning and get leaner on cycle, so much the better. Back to you, Steve. So let's finish out the show talking about some diet and training tips. So, you know, when it comes to training, it sounds like a cliche. I, I can remember at a gym, some young teenager who worked at the gym came up to me and was like, oh, Steve, if you want to get, if you want to get cut, do high reps and low weights. And if you want to bulk up, do the opposite, you know? And <laughs> I, I was just like, oh yeah, dude, that's good advice. I was like placating him. But dude, look, at the end of the day, in this situation with these steroids and the way Winstrol and Anavar are structured, it would be a good idea to not go in there and lift heavy because they are, you know, not the best things for your joints. And, and they, in Winstrel is not good for your joints. So how does it make sense to go in there and start throwing weights around like a, like a gorilla, you know, when you're taking something that's, that's tough on your joints. So I recommend definitely changing your workouts on this cycle a little bit, adjusting them, go, go high rep, go at least 12, 15 reps, per set, you know, and, and don't go so heavy and really try to work the muscles when you're training, don't work your joints and your soft tissues. That's another cliche we hear people have been saying that for years, uh, smart people, because it's true. I think it's true. Uh, mobster, you can chime in and tell me if you think it's true too, but how many times do you see people go in the gym and they train and they aren't really training their muscle but they're just training their joints you know and then they're they wonder why they have problems later in life so it's very important to just go in there leave the you got home and take advantage of the cycle and and the, like i said the pumps are going to be tremendous on this cycle so that's the way i would train on the cycle personally you guys can try whatever you want whatever works for you but i think that would be the fun way to really train on the cycle you walk out of the gym feeling like a million bucks so, Mobster, why don't you give us your final training tips 
because you're our training guru. And then take us <laughs> in a disclaimer. It was a great show. Right, guys. So there's, a, I think, something what Steve said earlier on. It, the the fallacy is this idea that you're going to burn more calories because you're doing more reps. And essentially, as Steve Smith knows, you know, you, you literally have to a, a, a one hour session would have to become a four hour session, and, and 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 that's just ridiculous. So you don't burn that much more. At the most, Steve, most people burn about four hundred calories in an hour training with weights. And that's medium intensity. That's about 60 to 80% of your one rep max for sets and reps and so on and so forth. You're not going to burn twice that because you did more reps in the gym. That's just not how physiology works. On the other hand, what Steve is saying is correct. If you do, arguably, on Jeanette's or Winstrol, potentially have the issue with drier joints, then I don't want to be pounding heavy weights on drier joints. It's just going to be uncomfortable, and it's going to make you not want to work out hard. And then there's another thing, Steve, of course, which is, which you and I have talked about previously, the moderate to higher reps, but working on the contraction. I'm not going to be able to do that. As Steve says, I'm the kind of guy that you will see from time to time throwing around the big weights, moving the weight from A to B. That's what weightlifting, that's what strength is about. Can I move the weight from A to B? Can I do it in such a way that the referee gives me the nod and they're like, let's be win competitions back in the day? So the obvious answer is yes, because that's how it works. That's why I've won stuff. That's why I've got records and so on and so forth. However, as a bodybuilder, and occasionally as a bodybuilder in my particular case, shaping a muscle, toning the muscle, having an, a solid muscle comes from contracting the muscle. So in terms of getting into shape, the rep thing in and of itself doesn't do much. It doesn't burn more calories. It doesn't make you leaner. But what it does allow you to do is deal with the side effects like the pumps on Adivar, the pumps on Winstrol, the dryness of the joints on Winstrol, and it makes you, because you don't, you're not swinging those rates around, it makes you slow down, it should make you slow down, and it should make you work on the contraction. I've actually just recently, Steve, started doing one heavy shoulder and arm workout, one moderately uh, light, by comparison, uh, shoulder and arm workout, alternating weeks, and on the biceps, for example, it's big heavy cheating hammer curls one week but the the next week which was this week for it i would i will contract and i'm trying to squeeze the bicep at the top of the movement and using lighter weights with a moderate to high reps it's a lot easier to do that so there you go guys there's a diet and training tips that's for any getting in shape cycle but specifically today for a genetza anavar in winstrow cycle it's a way of also, and bodybuilders talk about this, you can even try this other tip, which I've used before, Steve, which is posing at the end of a workout. It's a way to make the muscles pop. It doesn't sound like it should, but it does. Ask professional bodybuilders if deliberately working on a contraction and posing the muscle afterwards doesn't make it pop. They all feel that it does. It's, you should think that, that just getting lean allows the muscles to become more visible, but for some reason, being able to contract them and make them pop out and separate them seems to work. So those tie-ins between the bicep, the tricep, the delt, and the pec, and so on and so forth, become more apparent when you use these tricks. So there you go. Guys, girls, as always, please note, we are not doctors, and the opinions on these shows are hours and hours alone. It's our view, and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies. <laughs>